as a Bible-believing Christian, as someone who grew up in the church and have pastors in my family, you know, in my lifetime, I've seen so many things in the church that I personally don't have answers for, no explanation as to why they do it. Or the purpose behind it. I, I just don't, they don't. I don't have any answers for anything. I was watching a video about now they're saying that this current generation, the the generation Z, the millennial generation, is now becoming the most atheistic generation of all the generations. With less than one third of millennials identifying as Christian or Bible believing. And a lot of people said one they said one of the main topics of as to why they're leaving the church is because their stance on the LGBTQIA movement, among many other topics. Now, again, as someone who grew up in the church, in the Baptist church, in the Kojic church, Church of God in Christ, for those of y'all don't know what Kojic means, I'll just work it down for you. Uh, personally, me, I don't think that the LGBTQIA movement is one of the reasons why that generation, the millennial generation is becoming less Christian and more towards atheism. And agnosticism. I believe that it's a deeper, deeper, more, much more deeper product of what happened in previous generations. And I don't have the time or the space to go into all of the nitty gritty details and to go down the rabbit hole. Because if I go down that one, I'm going to have to go down all the other ones as well. But... Here's what I will say. You know, if you have baby boomers in your family, both my mother and my father were baby boomers. My father born in 1922, my mother 1942. So, you know, that generation, everybody went to church. Everybody. It didn't matter where you were. You could been you could be pissy drunk on Saturday night, your butt was in that church house on Sunday morning. That was just the way it was. That was the thing. Everybody went to church Sunday morning. That was the thing. Party on Saturday, church on Sunday. That was the way it was. That's the way it was in America in that generation. And the thing was, daddy was the one that led the way taking the kids to church. And I remember growing up many of Sundays Mama would be, uh, and daddy be in the kitchen cooking breakfast, you know, getting us ready, have our suits and our tie, have our suits ready to go, have our ties ready, our shoes shined and ready to roll. So when we went in that church house, we'd be looking spiffy and looking presentable because that was just the way it was, especially if you grew up in the black church In the black church, you had to be presentable. You couldn't just come in there any old kind of way, you know. Unlike it is today, you can't, you couldn't come in there with no blue jeans and a t-shirt. Nah, that wasn't going to work. You had to have a suit on and a tie. You had to have, um, 
some Eustacey Adams and it had to be nice and shiny. Your hair had to be all nice and pretty because that was just the expectation. That was the way it was back then. But with each progressive generation that went down, less and less people went to church. Of course, I'm a Gen Xer, so you know I can understand that. So now we've had the Generation X and then Y, and now we have the Z. And, um, and so millennials, unlike the baby boomers and the Gen Xers, they're looking for more of a social gospel. They're looking for a gospel that solves problems. They're not just into the church just to go to church because that was the way it was. But I believe that, yeah, and a lot of people say that the LGBTQIA and the way that the church has responded to the LGBTQIA is one of the reasons why the millennial generation has wants most of the millennial generation wants nothing to do with Christianity. They that's why they're going to other places. And so what you have now is you got churches that cater to the LGBTQIA. In fact, one uh relig uh, religious organization, I'm not gonna mention the name, uh has ordained drag queens to be pastors of their churches. And again, that's another rabbit hole I don't necessarily want to go down. But I believe a lot of the reason why the millennial generation is straying away from Christ and from Christianity. And I believe the main reason that I see so many millennials don't want nothing to do with Christianity is because of the hypocrisy of people who call themselves Christians. And I've seen this on my own. I can look at it from a perfect, perfect example, perfect, perfect example. I'll just use my own story. For example, when I got out of the prison in 2012, I'd already done a nine year bid TDCJ. And one of the things I made a promise to myself is that every, whenever I get out of, out of prison, I was going to church. You know, I might not have a job, but I'm going to go to church. And that's exactly what I did. Uh, I think it was the first Sunday that I got out or the second Sunday that I, after I got out, I went to church. I went to a church that had done uh, prison ministry there. And I'm not going to mention it either. And, you know, for a little while, everything was going good. I mean, it was going great and things were going well. And, you know, they wanted me to be a part of the church and wanted me to participate in things. And everything was going good till they found out my, my criminal history. Everything was fine. Now, all of a sudden, once they found out that I went to prison, I went from being a beloved member of the church to being a threat to it. And I noticed that the love grew cold. So much so to a point where at, at one point I was actually threatened by a member of the church or supposedly a member of the church. And, you know, at one point I was kind of worried, but then when I found out who was responsible, I ain't gonna lie. Murder was on my mind at that point. I'm not gonna even lie to you. I didn't care at that point. I wanted to get revenge. Revenge. 
And if it meant I had to go back to prison, that so be it. But I felt like somebody had to pay for it. But eventually, you know, common sense came in. God put somebody to tell me that it wasn't worth it. But after that, I didn't go to church for six, seven years. Till after I met my girlfriend, who's now my wife. I hadn't stepped into church since then. Until right around 2021. That was when I met uh, Zelma. That, uh, Zelma Avila. That was the lady that I met. Uh, we, date, we, started, we had dated on occasion. And then eventually we started dating completely. And then eventually she became my wife. And this year we'll be two years married. Three years in a relationship. That was the first time I've ever been in a church. Since that incident that took place in 2014. But I saw and heard with my own eyes and my own ears the human side of the church. I experienced church hurt for myself. Well, actually, I experienced it twice. The first church that I went to, and I'm not going to go into too many details of that, and it was at a point that I didn't want to go through that no more. I didn't want to go through that disappointment because I felt like if this is what being a Christian was like, I can be a Christian on my own. I don't need the church. I don't need people around me. It's just me and Jesus. I can just do it, me and Jesus. But the Bible tells us very clearly not to forsaken of assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some. That's what the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 10. So for better or for worse... There's not a person on this planet that could be a Christian or have a relationship with Jesus Christ on their own. There's no such thing. So community is necessary, but you have to have the right kind of community. But you got to remember one thing. As long as you got human beings, there's going to be screw ups. There's going to be errors. There's going to be mistakes made. There's going to be words that shouldn't be said. There's going to be actions that shouldn't be done. And unfortunately, people get hurt. People's feelings get hurt. People's reputations get ruined. You know, people lose things. Believe me, I've been there. But I believe a lot of the reason why millennials are not going to church, and especially those who grew up in the church, they've seen too much bull corn in the church. They've seen too much crap in the church. They don't want, and now they, you know, they only went to church because their parents made them go. They went to, oh, because they wanted to be obedient to mom and dad. You know, the Bible tells us, children obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. You know, we did it because of that. But then now we've grown up. Now we're adults. Now we can make our own decisions. We like, I don't want that drama in my life. I don't need that drama in my life. This is what the church is about. I don't want it. I've seen the hypocrisy. I've seen how they treat homeless people. I've seen how they treat LGBTQIA people. I've seen the separation. We're all supposed to be uh, uh, Christians, but you got black churches and white churches and Hispanic churches and Asian churches. You got, uh, you know, they've seen it. And they're like, I don't want to be a part of that. If this is what it is. And in a lot of ways, I wouldn't blame them. 
I wouldn't blame him. And I'm just going to say this. So many people have given up on God because of the actions of Christians. And I'm going to tell you, tell you something. For those who are guilty, the Bible says this. He says pretty clearly, be careful what you do to these little ones. And he's not talking about just children. He's talking about young, about people young in the faith. If you cause one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for you if a millstone were tied around your neck and you were drowned in the midst of the sea. Let me tell y'all something. God takes that seriously. He takes that seriously. Words spoken in anger, actions done out of spite, out of revenge that cause church hurt, that cause people to quit the church, that cause people to give up on God, that cause people to end up eventually going to hell behind it. This is about eternity, folks. This isn't about a one-time event. This is eternity we're talking about. We're talking about the eternity of people here. And these millennials have seen the hypocrisy of their parents and those who call themselves Christians. And they're like, uh-uh, we don't want that. I've heard stories where they have parents who be singing and praising God in the church house and then come home and drink, get drunk and hit their wives and beat up on their kids and, and rape their little daughters. I've seen, I've heard horror stories of people who call themselves Christians and were some of the most racist, bigoted people on the planet. I'm talking about not just white folks, I'm talking about black ones too. I've heard horror stories of men who will be singing in the choir and, and praising God and be sleeping with other men. These are the things today we deal with. And people get turned off by that. They're like, if this is what Christianity is about, I don't want to be a part of it. But I'm only doing it because my mama tells me to do it and my daddy tells me to do it. But when they grow up and they know better, they're like, hey, if this is all it is, I don't want to be a part of that mess. And so they'll run to Islam or so they'll run to Buddhism or so they'll run to New Age or they'll just be completely atheistic and agnostic because a lot of Think about it. A lot of your major Hollywood actors and actresses are agnostics and atheists. And they don't hide it. They don't hide the fact that they don't believe in God. Don't care what you think of them either. But I believe the main reason why so many millennials are turning away from the church is the attitudes and the behaviors of Christians. And that's got to change. God, Jesus calls us to be salt and light. What is salt? What is salt good for? Salt is good for seasoning. God, salt is still used in many countries as a preservative. It makes food taste better. It preserves food from disease. Long before refrigeration ever came into picture, people were packing their meats with salt to prevent it from, from getting worms and other things that could cause disease and sickness. 
What is light for? To illuminate. To keep us out the dark. We come a long way from having fires and having to light candles to now we have full lights outside where people can, you know, go out there and, you know, won't be so dark at night. Now, why do you think Jesus called the, called the Christians salt and light? Let me start with that light part first. Because for some of us, we're the only Christ many people are going to see. Many people are not going to step in a church. And I wouldn't blame them. There are a whole lot of people that are not going to step in the church and listen to a sermon. But when they see us, those of us who call ourselves Christians, and I have to check myself on this too, because let's face it, I'm a human being too, and I make a lot of mistakes. There are a lot of things that I say to people that I shouldn't be saying. There are a lot of actions that I do that I shouldn't be doing, and God forgive me. God, please forgive me. I know there have been a lot of times that I was angry out of spite, and I shouldn't have been. But who am I to do all of that and then come back talk about Jesus love you? They're going to look at me like, who does this fool think he is? If your actions or reactions, and I'm speaking of myself too, if your actions, your reactions are turning people, are they bringing people to Christ or they're turning people away from Christ. It can only do one or the other. It can't do both. Truth of the matter be told. We're preaching sermons every day. Whether we realize it or not. We are. With our lives. With our actions. With our attitudes. With our thought processes. Every day we're preaching a sermon. You may never go to a, to a college and get a degree in divinity, uh, and become a doctorate of divinity. You may never step into a pulpit and preach a sermon, ever. But what you do is either bringing folks to Christ or turning folks away from Christ. It's one or the other. And the thing we have to understand is simply this. Every day we live, every day that we go to work, every day that we go to school, when we go to the grocery store, when we go to the gas station, when we're on an airplane, when we're on a bus, wherever we go, if you are a Christian, you are preaching. What's your sermon sound like? And I'm saying this for me too, because I have to be careful of the things that I do and say. And I'm not saying this to make you scared of yourself. I'm just saying it as an, as an examination point. Parents especially. And if you're a Christian parent, you really, really need to be cautious. Because your children are looking to you. You are the first ministers that they see every day. They're their first ministers. Before they ever run into a schoolhouse, before they ever run into a church house, before they ever go hear a sermon, they're going to listen to you. What sermon are you preaching to your children? It's like I said, whether you realize it or not, you preaching. You preaching. Whether you want to accept it or not. Are you singing amazing grace and being less than graceful to people around you? 
Are you one? Are you using the lips to pray for people and then curse people out in the parking lot because they took your parking spot? James said fresh water and, and salt water can't be in the same spring. Are your children being led to Christ by your example or being led away from Christ by your example? And I say this because so many Christian kid, kids that grew up in Christian households are now living lives that are far removed from Christ. Not to say that Christ can't lead them back to him because he does every day. One of the names of, of Jesus is he is the good shepherd. What do shepherds do? Shepherds lead flocks. Shepherds lead the flock to go get the wayward sheep and gently bring them back to the fold. They don't beat them back to the fold. He gently leads them. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Not your rod and your staff, it torments me. We need to take this thing seriously. And I'm saying this for me. Your actions, your attitudes, your thoughts, your mannerisms, your body language, everything you do is preaching a sermon. Are you bringing folks to Christ or are you dragging them away from Christ? Remember, we were at one point where nearly nine out of every ten Americans went to church every week or not identify as Christian to less than one third today. So it progressively went down. And don't give me that do as I say, not as I do. That don't work. Because your words mean absolutely nothing if your actions don't back it up. Your words are only as good as the actions that back it. And if your actions are, are shysty, guess what? Your words are too. Jesus is coming back very, very soon. It's sooner than we think it is. And that's why the devil's working overtime, double time, triple time, quadruple time to deceive as many people as possible. Because let's just face it. Let this, let this be, let's keep it a C note. Satan don't want to go to hell by himself. His destiny's sealed. He can't change his destiny. His destiny's already sealed in the books and it's locked. He cannot change it. You and I can. We had the opportunity to do it. And just like Noah back in the days of Noah, we had the opportunity to get into the ark where it's safe. Because the this time it ain't rain you got to worry about. It's the fire this time. Get in the ark where it's safe. Because right now, mercy is being shown to us. Grace is being shown to us. Love is being shown to us. But there's going to come a time when the gates and the doors of mercy and love and grace are going to be closed and it's going to be too late.
then what? Why you still have the opportunity to do so? Let's let our lives be a reflection of who Jesus Christ is. Let our actions, let our attitudes, let our thoughts draw people to him and not draw people away from him. The devil's working overtime. We need to work just as hard. And let's pray for the children. Let's pray for them, for this generation. Because I believe there's going to be a group of, of, young, of, of people that are millennials, that are generation-wise, that are going to be on fire for God. And, I, and you know who's going to lead the way? It's going to be the, the generations previous. That's going to fire up the generations younger. Those of us who are in our 70s and 80s and 90s, those of us who are in our 50s and 60s, we need to fire up the people. We need to be fired up. Because time is short. And Jesus is coming as soon. Real soon. And it's time to get ready. And I'm going to leave you with that note. Big Mel, who is Rugrat? I'm out.